0: Hello friends, Michael Greywolf here. I am pleased to bring you this final episode of 2019. We recorded the episode earlier this year and I had intended to release it sooner, but I kind of feel this is actually a good time for its debut. And I will tell you why in just a moment. (laughs) But first, I wanted to say today's topic is a little controversial and will probably make some people very angry. You know, we welcome you to send us any questions or comments you may have and we will try to get back to you. All statements and comments in today's episode are those of the individuals stating them, and you will hear me say that again in the show. And now that I have that statement out of the way, with the beginning of this new year, we will be celebrating the anniversary of the birth and death of our dear brother and founder, Eddie Hyperion Gutierrez. January 1st would have been his 44th birthday, and January 14th is the sixth anniversary of him joining the Ancestors of Men Who Love Men. This two-week period has become a time of reflection within the Brotherhood to think about the year ahead and what we wish to accomplish. With today's episode being about questioning and stirring shit up, I would invite you to join us in this time of reflection and to challenge yourself to make hard choices to question things, and to ignite change within your life. And now, on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to Walking the Unnamed Path. This is a podcast dedicated to expanding on the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of men who love men, and laid out by our late brother and founder, Hyperion. We also touch on general topics and ideas that pertain to queer pagan men on a daily basis, and you know sometimes topics that pertain to just queer pagans in general. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit subscribe to stay up to date on whichever your preferred media platform is, so you know whenever we have a new episode coming out. Uh, today I am joined by... Oh, wait. Let me first say... Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Graywolf, uh, and joining me tonight are my fabulous co-conspirators and co-hosts, uh, Chris Ripple and Chase Powers. Uh, Chase is still trying to get his computer to cooperate with him, so he will be here. Oh, there he is. Hello, Chase. Uh, are you there? Hada. <laughs> Yay, it works. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm, I am joined tonight by... <laughs> Chase Powers and Christopher, and we have a special guest for tonight's discussion. But how are you two doing? I feel like it's been a while since we've been all together.
2: No, the three are
3: together again.
1: <laughs>
3: Girl, <laughs> it has been a it has been a month. This has been this month has just been ugh on every front. This month has been ugh. So, you know, it is what it is. It's life. Um, otherwise, I'm good. I just need for, you know, I need for Windows to update itself and to, like, leave me out of it. Just, like, take care of it. I don't care. Just do your software updates. Like, instead of require- being like, oh, we're going to have to shut your computer down now at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So, good luck. Mm. Like, bitch, I got stuff to do. You can't do this while I'm at work. And <laughs> oh Chase,
2: you've had quite a be- uh quite a bit of like tech issues with us. <laughs> I'm telling you what. And aren't you like the most tech savvy out of all of us too?
3: <laughs> I mean, possibly. But I'm just saying, For, like yeah. I'm like I'm sitting here like looking at my computer, like, are you possessed by the devil? What is happening? What? like why are you like this?
1: <laughs> it, it, is it the devil, or is it fairies? Oh, it better not it be... be fairies.
3: Eh, that's true. I feel like that, that meme from um, the Babadook with the mother, that like every time she looks back in the back, she's like, why can't you just be normal? And the little kid just screams. I feel like that's me and my computer.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm like, why are you like this? Why can't you just be normal? And my computer's just like, ah!
2: All right, well, I propose we start a GoFundMe. I propose we start a GoFundMe for you, Chase. Let's get Chase some new equipment.
3: (laughs) Bug free. (laughs) Ah, Girl. (laughs) I'm telling you what. Someday.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about you, Chris? How have you been?
2: Uh, I've been good. I mean, I'm, I'm very much a procrastinator,
1: so I'm very good
2: at pretending to pack. (laughs) So that's what I've been doing. Um, you know, I'm moving at the end of the month. So yeah, I mean, I actually got a good amount of stuff done today. Um, but yeah, I've basically been pretending to pack. I'm trying to, I'm trying to reduce before I move, you know, that's always the struggle. Mm. Um, yes, yes. And, uh, I don't know. I I find it really hard to throw away things that are just partially broken because I'm always thinking, oh, I could fix it, or or that could be a craft project, you know? (laughs) Um, So I have all this Mm -hmm. literal weight that I've been carrying around with me, Um, even books, right, like books from college. You know, I just – I always fantasize about me, like, opening them up again and reminding myself, like, how brilliant I used to be or whatever. (laughs) But um, I might actually finally cut the cord and actually just drop off some books this year. Um, (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I'll let you know. I'll let you know how this goes.
3: Are
1: you sure you're not a (laughs) Sagittarius?
2: No, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm not that cool.
1: (laughs) Um. We're not just we, 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 we collect shit. You know, we, we collect well, we collect info, we collect random stuff, and it sounds like you have a lot of random stuff.
2: I guess I do. I mean, I'm also the child of immigrants, so I feel like I it's like hoarding mm. is like in the blood a little bit. It takes many generations to like beat it out of the line. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not quite madness,
1: but yeah. Mhm. I, I I very much agree with you. My my grandmother was very much like that, and I still have, I still hold on to stuff. I'm like, oh, but this is such good cable, or this is such a good <laughs> um, piece of whatever. I could use this for something.
2: Right, right. It, it always goes back to art projects. Like, if not something like, oh, I'll need it someday. I kind of gotten rid of that excuse, but it's always like, well, I'm gonna make this incredible like. You know, sculpture out of wires, you know? That's going to happen. <laughs> I feel it. It's going to happen. Trash can, um, baby. <laughs> Chase, I, I need you to just come over. I'll pay for your ticket. Just come take care of my stuff. Huh. Like, honestly, I've, got, I've gotten, like, closer and closer to the idea of, like, you know what? I'm acknowledging that I'm not good at certain things. And, yes, I could learn, but why? Uh, why don't we let experts in our in our circles <coughs> take care of it? you know? Um, so –
3: as a person who moves frequently, and yes. as a person who is descended from a lot of poor people, mm. I understand the problems of like hoarding things.
1: Oh, sure. um, yeah. I totally
3: get it. and um, the the act of purging all of that shit is, oh my God, it's so freeing. Like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so amazing. And yeah. like you know, make make a if if you if you really want to like know some real witchcraft secrets, like make a ritual out of it.
4: Like mm. you
3: got some shit you you got some shit in your life that you want to get rid of.
4: Imbue
3: mm. something, imbue something with that like idea of this now represents something I want to get rid of. Trash. Mm. Trash. <laughs>
4: um, mm-hmm. you know,
3: or you know what? I want to bless other people with somebody else who might need something like this and take that shit to goodwill. Mhm-, like I'm telling you what I got rid of when I moved from when I moved from Houston to Portland, I purged probably a good three quarters of my belongings. The only yes. things I really like did not get rid of were books and video games. Because those huh. represent two of the biggest, like, things in my life that I was right. like, yeah, you know, and even with the books, even with the books, like, I anything that I could not, that I knew that I could replace, like, relatively cheaply, I just was like, you know what, donate, 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 you know, I kept a lot of my, like, hardcover books, I kept a lot of my, like, you know, witchcraft things, you know, my reference books. But, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of other stuff, I'm like, if I haven't touched this in six months, it's going in the trash can.
4: Mm. I am
3: tired of hauling it around. (laughs) Same thing with, like, art. Same thing with, like, art project stuff. Like, because I, you know, I'm an artist. I'm down with making stuff into art projects. But, like, realistically, if you haven't started an art project with something in six months, you're not going to. Hmm. And the best thing to do is to find, especially in New York, surely there has got to be places where you can take like a salvage place or like an art, you know, a, I know we have something like that here in Portland, where you hmm. can take it and be like, here you go. Somebody else can find a use for it. <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> My inner demons are
2: saying, "No, Chase, you don't know just fuck you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> I hear
3: you. There is a no, there is no. a great there is a there is a tremendous urge. <laughs> there is though. I mean, there is a tremendous urge to like hold on to things because you think that they are in some way that they have some kind of sentimental value or whatever. Sure. And yeah. unless it is like something that has your name engraved on it, I assure you. That is all in your head. And even some of that stuff, like, mm-hmm. I tell you what, I got some, I had an interesting uh, uh, wedding party gift once upon a time that had my name engraved on it that I was like, you know, this came from a person that I don't really care for, for a time that I don't really like remembering anyway. So, like, mm. Mm, trash. <laughs> I'm like, oh, garbage. <laughs> I,
2: I think a tough part for me too is, and uh, this is where my Virgo ness comes in. I just love it black and white. So I think, like, I, I would love to be a minimalist. I would love to like really wear like shade all the time and just make it keep it really easy and be able to pack up in a duffel bag and I'm like, good. Maybe a duffel bag and a computer bag and that's it. Certain things in my life, like like hula, like hula is impossible as a minimalist there's so many different costumes because each of the costumes tell a different story right uh and then with that comes lay. so you have like different lays for different numbers or that you might be dancing and of course there's traditional and then there's like modern outfits you know so uh, that and also i have lots of instruments that's other thing too i have cello i have my uh drums from Pungur, so like like I have a big gong called a jing, and a changgu, and a puk, and and then I, of course I have my ipu uh, from hula. too. So I have lots of like things like that. So I don't know. I, I definitely have the junk, junk, and I could definitely, you know, I wouldn't even miss it. But then there's always the other stuff that, and then that part always makes me like, uh, you know, pause and like, you know what? Let's just dump it in a bin and move it again. <laughs> I do well, shave off a layer every time, but um, you know, you know,
3: stuff like that. Stuff like that. If it's replaceable, chuck it. If it's not replaceable, no. But for real, like if it's replaceable and it's not going to cost you a lot of money to replace, replace yeah. it.
4: Mm.
3: Write it. You know, if you're you know Virgo, engage your virgoness, Make a spreadsheet. Oh, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I have. This is what is replaceable. This is what is irreplaceable. Mm. What is replaceable? Trash or donate, and make a note in your spreadsheet that says. To be replaced.
4: Uh If it's
3: not replaceable or it's not not inexpensively replaceable, then hang on to it. But also, keep you know what the another thing you can do is engage that cost benefit brain. How much is this going to cost me to store slash move versus replace?
4: Uh Because
3: there were a lot of things when I moved that I was like, you know, it's going to cost. Yeah, maybe you know this, this replacing this device. May cost me a hundred dollars, but it's gonna cost me a hundred and fifty to two hundred to store it or move it. I'm not saving any money.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, chuck it. Like bookshelves, for example. I'm like, mm, yeah, it's a pain to have to go buy bookshelves, and they're not they're not cheap. But like, mm, it's cheaper to buy new ones than it is to try to move ones and hope that they survive the move. <laughs> well, Michael, I think
2: we have our next topic. Let's talk to David um, mm, Orders, and we can just have people call in and talk to Chase. <laughs> anyway,
4: uh.
3: continuing gaily yes.
2: forward. I know. Get me off the hot seat, you know.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> All
3: right. All right, listener. Yeah, I'll send you a before and after picture, okay? <laughs> it's a great segue for it's a great segue for one of the books that our guest has
1: written. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, before we get into today's topic, uh, I added this to our little document before, right before the show. Yeah, you know, see, before before we get into today's uh, topic, we would like to state that you know all remarks and statements of today's episode or of those of the individuals, no, no matter you know if, how collectively we agree with them, um, these are not. Um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? These are not explicitly like the views of the unnamed path as a whole. None of the brothers have that capacity to say, I say this so all the brothers agree. You know, we all have our own opinions on everything. And today's topic sparked a lot of debate within our brotherhood. Uh, so let's go ahead and get on with the topic. <laughs> so like I said, our topic tonight is a little controversial. Um, in the tradition of the unnamed path, we often say that, uh, we are not shamans for ourselves, but shamans for our community. Um, using the title shaman is kind of triggering for a lot of people. And often you'll find articles online that will say no one should use the word shaman unless they're from Siberia or something like that. But, you know, there are a growing number of people who still use the word shaman or, in, or they'll say they're an urban shaman or something along those lines uh, to describe themselves and their practice. So, what does it mean to be a shaman? You know, so what? Why? Why do we use it? Is it really okay for us to use it? Uh, and joining us for our discussion tonight is our fellow brother initiate, Chiron uh, Arman. Uh, Kai Chiron is the founder of Impact Shamanism.
3: He is, holds additional initiations in such new world traditions as Haitian voodoo as, a, as an ungon Asogwe, Brazilian kimbanda com licença, and in the unnamed path. He is also a trained hoodoo root doctor in the southern conjure tradition and is the author of Deliverance, Hoodoo Spells of Uncrossing Healing and Protection, and Clearing Spaces, Inspirational Techniques to Heal Your Home. Uh, Recommend highly both of.
1: And here's Chiron.
3: Oh, Chiron. Hello there. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, Oh, fabulous. Good to be with you. (laughs) You know, it's been a long time since we've had you on the show, Kai. And you know, we, what what have you been up to? You know, what how has life been? Just dreaming and scheming, friend. So, uh, let's see. Where do we start on today's topic? Well. Let me first say, so in getting ready for the topic, I went and looked up, you know, what, uh, well, what you could find on the internet. Unfortunately, since that's the source of all information nowadays, um, you know, I looked. The Oxford Dictionary has shaman as a person regarded as having access to and influence in the world of good and evil spirits, especially among. Some people of Northern Asia and North America. Typically, such people enter a trance state during a ritual and practice divination and healing. In, from the Patheos website, it says a religious person who performs spiritual services associated with the spirit realm, also healers and diviners.
5: Yeah, these are how, terrible definitions. How, <laughs> these are I was inadequate. Say, how do
1: y'all feel about and it,
5: These are inadequate and. Um, And frustrating, because what these definitions do, they are tailored to a Western conversation. You know, you take a traditional culture that has thousands of years, not only of practices, but of persons coming, but of persons having certain experiences that put them in such a, by the way, not just revered place. But also the reviled place. Oh, that odd motherfucker over there who died 10 years ago went through a horrible death that our whole community had to witness, and we had to take care of him, and he couldn't even you know, contribute to society. But we realized it was because the spirits fucking killed him, and he would eventually, once he stopped being smelly and crazy, maybe be something of an asset to the rest of the community. Oh, And when we get sick, we do go to him, but we're also terrified of him. We're talking about a much more complicated conversation, a much Mm. more complicated kind of a person. But the Western world, we don't like complexity because complexity gets in the way of exploitation, gets in the way of eating, devouring each other. Um, As I told you, um, my brother, Shit might get hot. She get shit might get heated this episode because I got some shit to say, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that is totally fine. That's totally fine.
5: <laughs> Maybe um
2: Kyra,
1: oh. can we start with how how do you define
2: uh a shaman or shamanism? Like how would you for the random person on the street, how would you describe it to them?
5: Um I try not to describe it to the random person on the street. I try to I try not to because it's too complicated. Um, you know, I think that any conversation around the word has to start with the fact that this is a really weird word for um, everyone who uses it in the Western world. It's a weird word for us to use. Any, even those of us who I think might have – might belong more to what one of my colleagues call the shaman class of persons. And I'll explain that in a second. Even then it's difficult because really the word is coming from a very specific culture. It's coming from the Buryat people of Northern Asia. And and Western anthropologists in the early 1900s went to that culture, um, saw that there were persons in the culture who were operating um, with divination and healing um, and with the spirits, not saying that other people in the culture weren't operating with the spirits because that's that's like a huge falsehood we have to break. It's the story of, oh, I work with spirits, therefore I'm a shaman. If you go into a traditional culture, there are so many different medicine roles,
4: so many Mm -hmm. different ones.
5: This is just a very specific one that, of course, because we love our exoticism, we love our far-out man, this was, you know, to the western mind that had become so rational and sanitized, which was the most far-out so of course, what do we do? We had to take it. <laughs> we had to take it immediately and run with it, and make it, you know, really, really confusing and complicated. Um, so any conversation around this word has to start with the fact that really it comes from this very specific culture, and it was, a, and it is a kind of a person who um, goes to it, who goes through a certain kind of an experience that makes them a, a certain kind of a person who has a certain role in the community. Mm. And this kind of person does exist in tons of traditional cultures. Um, not all, because if you go to um, most American Indian persons and say, oh, this is the shaman of your tribe, American Indian people have, like, on the whole, rejected the use of the word shaman. There are medicine people, there are elders, there are you know, um, tribal-specific words that are used. I'm recently <laughs> been hanging out with a, um, a Maori-descended woman who used a word just the other day and I was like, who's that and she was like, oh that's the tribe and I you know that's, that's the oh, elder and the tribe and the Evie who blessed my blah 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 so many different roles um, it's not as singular as we like it like to imagine it so th- that's that's where I start with with the fact that this is coming from the Buryat people and once we start there then we can have I think a much more nuanced conversation about medicine rules and traditional cultures, which is a separate conversation, but related to what the fuck is happening to us here in the West. When I say what the fuck is happening to us here in the West, I don't just mean we're fucked up and racist and colonizers and evil. I mean, we're here having these experiences. (laughs) We are still going through shaman sickness And having NDE's and having God show up in our room and fucking with us, we just don't have the words to say it anymore because we're not supposed to exist.
0: Mm -hmm. And when I say we, I don't just
5: mean we. I mean my client last week I had on Friday. I mean literally, whereas we're talking about cultures in which there's a sanctioned role for you, I in the West am a person who isn't supposed to exist because we're no longer talking about something that I just do. We're talking about something that I am. We're talking about a way in which I have been rewired that pretty much entirely puts me outside of the context of the Western civilization. I'm not supposed to exist anymore. I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be a dead thing. Does that make sense? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's interesting because, um, you know, I, I, a couple of things bubble up for me while you're speaking. One is like this: there is this definitely a sense of. Um, and I feel like it's largely Western in in our in our thinking is this idea of classifying and pigeonholing, you know, kind of stating like what something is, especially things outside of Western culture, that we um, we love to classify within our own understanding, right? And then there's I feel like that that could be problematic. And what's kind of interesting is like I feel like the the start of the word shaman, right? It, it, sure, it, it was inspired. Uh, by these peoples in North uh, North Asia, but then it wasn't necessarily their word either, right? Like oh, from immediate use, it was um, referring to basically spiritual brown people from around the world, right? <laughs> uh, even though like they were studying like this one group of people, uh, but they used it in a way that classified like just indigenous spirituality in a kind of broad strokes, overly generalized way. Uh, so I, I wonder if that's part of root like. Um, uh, issue, you know, just kind of like the approach to spirituality outside the Western context, you know.
5: Absolutely, I mean, if you like, if you squint your eyes a bit, you can see that your entire reality has been rigged mm-hmm. by a, a lens that actually doesn't serve any of us, <laughs> um, and, and that lens is is particularly focused on. Classification, false classifications for the purposes of the most efficient exploitation. Mm. Your entire reality as a Western person is rigged for that. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting.
3: (laughs) Well, it's really hard to have good capitalist drones who also, you know, explore their soul and talk to gods and spirits. So.
5: Right. Exactly. Explore their souls. Talk to gods. Remember that. Oh shit. You know, I, I'm I'm Scottish and Irish and 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 Spanish and I'm I'm this incredible cross cultural dance happening. People... Oh, that is a lot. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe you should get back to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's mm. what we're living in. Um, that's that's the game we're playing here.
4: Hmm. Yep. <laughs>
1: it's true though. But, <laughs>
4: so
1: so so here's something. Um when we were reading your uh bio uh Kai, you know, you identify as a shaman. Uh what about, you know, Chase and Chris and I guess even myself, do you do you use the word shaman when you're describing your practice or your who you are spiritually?
5: So let's get complicated and, <laughs> and uh, vulnerable. Um, so I, um, <laughs> I'm not the shaman. police. I'm not the shaman police. Um, and sometimes people do come to me and they ask me, so am I a shaman? Or um, have I gone through shaman sickness or things like that? And I'm not here to tell anyone that they are a shaman or that they're not a shaman. I will sometimes say, I feel like this person belongs in the shaman class of persons and that's my own little, um, like inner rubric in a way that is influenced by my own experiences, by other person's experiences who I feel, um, belong to the shaman class of persons or, you know, based on their experiences, a few experiences that, are in my own personal rubric there are, um, well, so there's, there's two rubrics. One rubric is this. If someone has trained in Latin America, and, that, and um, whether that person is European descended or Latino, or let's almost like this whole other thing. If someone has trained in Latin America, like in the ayahuasca tradition, or one of these psychotropic traditions, and they come back to the United States, for instance, and say, Don so and so trained me and initiated me, and I am a shaman. That person is a shaman. That's like, a, like, to me, that's like a separate rubric because of the way in which Western anthropology took the word shaman and applied it mm-hmm. broadly, as, as Chase said, and how that word became cross cultural usage across tribes and experiences throughout Latin America. Um, someone's trained in ayahuasca, the shaman says they're a shaman. As far as I'm concerned, they're a shaman. However, the other rubric, and I think this is the rubric that most of us are often thinking about, which I think kind of is like, what level of intensity of experiences qualifies me to use this word in a way? And in my own rubric, the things I'm thinking about are, has this person experienced near-fatal mental and or physical illness? that was or is being presided over by an identifiable spirit. That is like my, that's my big piece when it comes to whether or not someone belongs to that kind of class of person. And sometimes that near fatal uh, mental and or physical illness, um, it's not a one-time thing. Uh, for me, it wasn't. Um, I, I I thought it would be. I wanted it to be. And then it happened again um, with other spirits. And then again with other spirits. Um, all of the people that I would say in my own life, in my own experience, the way I applied and there are many Westerners, many Americans, many European descended people, the vast majority of people that I, in my life, who... I would say, you know, belong to the shaman class of persons are um, European descended people. Um, I, I know there are more, but just the people that I know uh, I can count three right now in my hand uh, of, of people I know um, have all gone through that kind of experience, have all been homeless. Probably 90% of them have a chronic illness um, all of them have taboos in their life that if they break them might cause sickness and or death, myself included. It's it's, it's, it's interesting just because um, it's something that is difficult to talk about, but I feel like I have to from a place of advocacy because it's it's not an issue of who gets to use this cool weird word. It's actually an issue of this is a terribly vulnerable, at risk community. That's mm. – It's an advocacy issue. It's because I have a chronic illness. <laughs> I have a chronic illness. I'm prone to bouts of insanity. And I've been homeless. And I'm, I'm, I'm an extremely marginalized person without this. Plus, this, you know what I'm saying? It adds a layer. And the argument that the Western world wants to have is, but can I just wear this cool hat?
2: Yeah, it's a lot to think about <laughs>
5: <laughs> um
2: yeah, Kai, I think I feel like you're right. I think like you know I'm thinking about like um, you know, I, I'm Korean myself and like folks that are are mudang in Korea, like when they when they do translate right shaman has become or shaman or shamanism has become the English word for um this broad community, right? Of spiritual practitioners. Um and they do. They do say, "Hey, I'm a Korean shaman or I'm a um a friend of mine. Uh I think it's a mutual friend of mine actually. <laughs> of ours. Uh he identifies as like um a Mongolian shaman. Uh and it's it's interesting. So from that perspective, I I, I definitely agree with you. I I feel like it's a little um maybe more obvious, right? It's a little more obvious or is a little cleaner as far as your argument's concerned about the use of the word or not. Um, is it a problematic word? Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely, um, I mean, many words are, right? <laughs> and is it like yeah. an insufficient word to describe um, them? Probably, yeah. And then also, like, is it fair to classify all these spiritual, spiritual traditions from around the world under one term? Yeah, it's a little simplistic, right? A little simplistic and... Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I feel like it also plays into maybe what you're speaking about uh, with this kind of, um, I guess, there's a kind of like this exoticizing that happens, right? And this exoticizing and this kind of, um, this kind of uh, storytelling about, oh yes, this is our Western blah, oh dead, dead traditions, but like shamans around the world have all practiced and they're all practicing the same thing, and they're all like, you know, it's a, this kind of idea of like a world religion. So I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, like um, I don't really. Um, I guess I'm. I'm still personally like pondering about like uh, the use of the word shaman for myself as an identity factor. But you know, I I, I noticed that for me personally, I definitely I say maybe like um, you know we the name path has shamanic practices and just leave it at that. Or I, if I do identify, I might say I'm a shamanic practitioner. But then, yeah, I haven't really claimed the title or the the title of shaman necessarily. You know, I don't know. How about you, mm-hmm. Chase?
5: I have, I have um, a a friend who is in the uh, a friend colleague who's also Korean, um, of Korean heritage, and I think he's mm-hmm. also made the distinction between a shaman and a shamanist. Mm, interesting. Mm. Okay.
2: I, um, do do they define it like is a shamanist like maybe parallel to like a shamanic practitioner? Or (laughs) exactly. Okay, I see. I see. Interesting. Yeah. How about How about you, Michael and Chase? Do Do you um, Do you claim the title
1: shaman, or do you use it? Go ahead, Michael. (laughs) I I knew you were going to pass it on to me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um. (laughs) For me, it's It's not the first thing that comes out of my mouth when people ask. You know, what's my practice? I will say I'm pagan, or I'm a witch just because those were what I identified with first. And I guess I feel, you know, when even when I type shaman when I'm putting like, you know, our making our episodes and whatnot and putting uh shaman or shamanism in there or anything really for the tradition, I don't know, I guess it does trigger something in me that I'm like can am I re- really supposed to be using this word or claiming this title? Because kind of going along the lines of what Kai was Chiron uh, was saying, you know there are different things I associate with people who have people who um have gone through in order to be shamans, and you know one of them is being like near near death experiences and I'm like i i yeah, I've had one, but it wasn't anything uh spiritual related it was just I had a blood infection that if I hadn't caught, I would have died, but I don't associate that with anything spiritual so I will use it when I'm advocating for the our tradition. But just what comes to my mind the first as the first thing, no. Hm. Chase?
3: Uh I totally use it. Um my kind of feeling on it is basically that um I don't have other words to describe the things. Um and until I either find those other words or someone else finds those other words, this is sort of the best word that I have to describe the experiences that I have. Um, mm-hmm. So that's if I'm going to if I'm going to try and discuss the experiences that I have and the work that I do, um, that's one of the best ways to sort of have some kind of common lexicon in order to do so.
5: Totally. Mm. We're lacking here in the West. We're lacking the word for, yeah, I for mean, whatever is happening to, you know, us. it's
3: it's it's not for me like I on the on the side of, you know, on the side of of trying to not, you know, culturally misappropriate a term, um I totally understand that there needs to be some better way of describing things. But on the side of either needing to communicate with other people that, hey, I'm having this particular experience and it might be something that you know about, let's talk about it. Or having any kind of shared frame of reference, like, that's, you know, that's what I got.
1: Mm. Earlier, uh, Kai, <clears throat> Kai, when you mentioned people who have you know gone through some sort of illness or uh, trial, basically, to be a shaman, I – It makes me think back to something I remember hearing in the original podcast, Hyperion say, and I don't know if he's quoting a book or if this is something that came directly from him, I'd have to go back and listen. Uh, And this pertains to The unnamed Path, where he was saying, uh, we as men who love men are inherently born with a shaman wound because we are outcasts in society. What are your thoughts on that? And again, maybe I'm misquoting him, I'm not sure, I'd have to... have to go back and look.
4: Mm.
0: Hello, Editor Michael here. Just wanting to say we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, Kyron had dropped for a couple of minutes and missed everything I had just asked him. So when he came back, we kind of jumped back to what Chase had talked about. But we will continue on with the question I had asked a little bit later.
5: Uh, The last thing I heard was um, Chase talking about... um, you know difficulties with words,
4: <laughs>
5: and um, that you know we, we don't really have the words here to um, for someone who has had the experiences that he has had, and and the work that he does, and God exactly <laughs> like that's it that's what we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I, I don't know I like I feel brewing in the back of my brain some way of Looking at this spectrum, because it really does mirror the Western impulse to simplify for the greatest of ease at, of expectation. Mm. Um, also, not just simplify, but also universalize. Right. Um, you know, I think of the um, the Bernie bro who comes down to South America as like, but you know, red, like dumb Castaneda's. You know Graham <laughs> Hancock book, and he <laughs> says we're all shaman man. You know, all artists are shamans. every human is not the road. And like, you know, the fucking foot. She's like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> no, that's the shaman over there. Him, his son, who he trained to be a shaman. His father, you know, saying. And then over there is the herbalist. And then over there is the witch. And then over there is the curandera. And then over there, you know, saying, um, there's this. There are Western impulses that take these, uh, it's, it's, and not just the word shaman, uh, take these words like shaman, like witch, and um, simplifies and universalizes. I'm sure there are people who, given you know a specific cultural lineage, a specific cultural lexicon, for the word which is like very much a witch, and It probably pisses them the fuck off that someone can pop into Sephora. And buy some pillaged sage and say, "Now I'm a witch." Um, but that, <laughs> but that's how the game is set up. And it's sad that conversation that we have, that we're having, or that we almost forced to have, is a uh, capital W witch from ancient Romanian lineage at the throat of, of H and M witch past ten hours versus can we just, like, the system is killing us completely. Because H&M Witch, she she probably is something, but this is not a system that's helping her to find her legitimacy. It's not a system that is saying, yes, let's find out who you really are. It's a system that's saying, please buy this pillaged sage for $35. Mm.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, okay, so you you missed my question that that I was asking you. So this kind of ties kind of pulls this conversation back towards um our tradition uh the lane path in one of the podcasts i recall hearing hyperion say something about you know being men who love men we are born with an innate shaman wound and that when you were talking earlier about you know people who that to you fall into this uh class of shaman people uh what what are your thoughts on that? Because that's always been something that's popped in my head uh, whenever people start talking about this subject. I'm like, is how how am I wanting to say this?
2: Michael, are you asking? Are we? Are you basically asking the question of are all queer people, with all queer people, fit under Kai's definition of a shaman class of people? Like,
1: yes, yes, and no. I mean, I think that's the basic of what I'm asking in tying in tying that into our tradition you know we we use the word shaman and shaman, one of our paths in our tradition is called shamanism the, yeah I remember, this is
5: be... um before john raven moon passed i think this was before john raven moon passed we were talking about maybe maybe not <laughs> we were talking about maybe not we were like we were like maybe it was inaccurate and maybe that that area of our tradition may should be called like journeying or trance work or, you know, like if even I struggle in my day-to-day life, like, you know, I'll be like, oh, this is so witchy or, ooh, girl, that's so, so necromantic. And then like, like, ooh, that's shamanic. And I can't exactly put my finger on what it is about something when like, oh, that's shamanic. Like, it's, it's, it's elusive. Even for me, um, I know that it has something to do with an inherency of animism and spiritness in it versus other kinds of math that perhaps might not have that. Um, I think that we as a tradition, I think we get more creative around that area and because I feel like, you know, we can't use that word, but I, I actually just feel like it's actually accurate for the area of tradition. Um, but I also think it kind of is ridiculous to imagine that all queer people have the shaman. I mean, as a marginalized person, I, I, there are other ways in which I've seen aspects of my life, other aspects of my life taken from me and archetypalized or universalized. I'm currently uh, traveling in you know, parts unknown in the world, and I see culture and hip-hop culture everywhere. And no black people. And it's interesting. It's okay that I don't see any black people because they might not live here, but I also don't see black people because black people don't have the fucking money to travel to places I'm going. So in a way, I'm seeing my body strewn across the earth without my body there. Mm. So when we take something like – this is what these white Western anthropologists have been doing for 100 years – taking a, a, an already very ostracized of person, and, oh, we all have the shaman wound. It's great because then, you know, I can get in bed with a totally racist, totally transphobic white man and have sex with him and tell him about my experience and he'll be like, what are you talking about, you insane lunatic? That's insane. By the way, I also have the shaman wound.
4: <laughs> you know, like,
5: I'm like, this is ridiculous.
2: I can't play this game anymore. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Kyron, you're breaking up a little bit, but um, it's it's it, it sounds like um, it sounds like your response is basically, uh maybe not, right? <laughs> uh, as far as uh, which you know, it's something that I kind of personally have like um pondered too, right? Because you know, as an activist, uh, someone with uh, my roots in activism, you know, we're working towards a world where like queer people are marginalized, right? And then, like you know, we—I wonder, I wonder how much of the wounding—and this is not to say that we'll take away all wounds, but I—I I wonder how much of the wounding is—what um, are my words? I, I wonder about the possibility of like no wounds, right? Uh, on on the on the person for being queer or just by virtue of being queer, uh, whether they are shamanic or not, and then I wonder what what that will mean for a tradition like ours. I, we speak about how like our you know our, our queer ancestors were were the spiritual leaders were the healers in in the past right and then but part of that too was because they were um marginalized right they were seen as queer they were seen as odd or different uh they might have been revered more than they are today, but still like that the othering was part of of the whole uh, uh experience right so I'm wondering, yeah, I wonder if like oh, well. I, I wonder if it's true that we're all born with uh, spiritual wounds, and if so, I wonder if those spiritual wounds will ever stop as uh, the work of activism continues, you know? I don't know how you all think about that, but (laughs) it's something that I personally uh, have been pondering myself. And don't get me wrong, there's so much work to be done now. I'm not in any way suggesting um, that there aren't wounds happening today or there isn't work to be done. Um, There is, obviously, you know, but yeah I wonder i mean it's, if i if I hope for a world where uh that long, no longer happens then what does that mean as far as like our spirituality that's um i don't know, or is our spiritual wound that high pyramid have been thinking about um not contingent on our marginalization or is it not oppression. Contingent or oppression yeah, and if so is it just a b by nature of us being who we are, are we wounded? And that's an interesting concept, too, right? That's an interesting thing to think about as well.
5: Or now, time. I think that it's really powerful to consider that some some clothes that we wear are for now.
4: Mm. You know, this,
5: you know, in in a way, we're talking about this universal queer experience. There's never been a universal queer experience. (laughs) Um, Queer people have been regarded in different ways in every single culture on the earth for thousands of years. Um, some more revered, possibly some maybe that queer person revered, but you suck. You know? <laughs> like queer person sucks. You know, like you know, based, either individually or based on you know the kind of queer person they were. Um, mm. And it could be that you know in this time and place we are gathering the experiences that we've all had for a thousand years and making some, you know, finding out commonalities to wear perhaps a certain uniform
1: for this time. Hmm. Interesting. Chase, <laughs> you've been a little quiet. Do you have any thoughts?
3: I don't really have anything to add to the, to this particular part of the conversation. Um, I don't, in, in some respects, um While I won't, well, I wouldn't say that I think that it's unimportant. I think that in some respects there is a certain, I don't know. There becomes an emphasis on like what words do we use versus just getting on with doing the thing, and that can be, that can also be kind of, you know, you start to get into the armchair occultist kind of deal. Well, we're going to call it a very specific term. And we're going to talk about the terms that we're going to use ad infinitum ad nauseum, and never actually do the things.
5: For sure, for mm-hmm.
4: the like, fucking sure. At,
3: like at some point, while the distinctions, well, the distinctions are good, and like we said, you know, it's often it is useful to have some kind of basic terminology in order to communicate wow. the concepts that you're trying to, you know get across to other people or to even, you know, research on your own to try to figure out what the hell is actually going on with me right now. Um, at, at a certain level, like, or at a certain point, it, it becomes more about a, an exercise in mental masturbation as opposed to actually doing the work that the spirits that are showing up in your life want you to fucking do. Hmm. Um, or or, that, or even the work that you do
5: feel inclined to do, based on your cultural explorations, yes. like for instance, I have recently took you know white sage and I I, I actually I do feel like I have <laughs> a relationship with the plant sage, um, and I I uh, recently there's been a big question of is anyone who isn't native allowed to work with sage. And it's much more it's much more complicated than that, but even myself, like I think that there's a the story of well Kai's black, he can do whatever he wants. no, like I'm having a conversation that's as complex as everyone else about cultural appropriation and um and what is mine and what isn't and um uh you know, especially recently, having my Celtic ancestors become so prominent in my life, I was like, well, there's other plants to burn you know i burn i actually uh Began developing a relationship with the plant juniper, and the, you know the, what's huge there is not Scottish or juniper. It's developing a relationship, as Chase just said. I'm doing the work. Mm. Yeah, I,
2: I I guess I would agree to a certain extent. I I agree that um, well maybe let's maybe this is what I would agree with. I would agree with if you're not doing the work, then maybe you really have no place in this conversation to begin with, <laughs> you know. So do the work. And then, if you, uh, and then if you're inclined, join the conversation. Um, because otherwise, yeah, it is more of a mental masturbation thing. Or rather, uh, to anyone that's listening and pondering it themselves, um, maybe if you're called to the work, then do the work, uh, no matter what you're calling it. You know. But then at the same time, I feel like not – so if, if the word itself were, was uh, innocuous you know, and there was no harm that was being caused by use of, the use of the word – I would hold that view too, you know, but because it is a word that's actually not just contested by like folks that are like pondering it from an academic point of view, but actually folks that are actually saying, Hey, that's not your word. Hey, you're hurting my community by using that word. I feel like it is upon ourselves to either stop using it or to consider, um, consider why we still do if we, if we are using it, you know? Um, I think it's interesting, too, because as I was, like, pondering this and I was reading, you know, uh, Kai, I'm not sure if you realize, but Michael sent us a lot of homework (laughs) to read articles and things in preparation for this conversation. And then I I definitely caught myself, like, yeah, no, which is great, you know, we love Michael for it. (laughs) Um, I I definitely caught myself kind of in these moments of, like, oh, well, you know, um, this person would be okay with me using the word and just kind of finding ways to, like, justify my behavior or justify myself, you know, as I guess many people would but um yeah i mean I, I definitely I definitely agree with the statement, hey, you know what? let's not get lost in the conversation about semantics, um, but what's interesting is some of the articles they speak about how it's not just semantics, it's actually like part of colonialism, you know <laughs> it's like the ongoing- colonization of these peoples, and then definitely, like what we spoke about earlier, Kai, about like universalizing or always simplifying um so I mean, yes, I agree that we should not waste time on a conversation as opposed to the practice, but at the same time, I guess I would warn ourselves against being, like, dropping out of the conversation and passively using shamanism like, lest we cause more harm, you know? I don't know.
5: And I would just say, you know, I would say to that, as we are playing with the semantics of this, right? where I would really like us to draw our attention is, as we're fighting over who gets to hold the, who gets, who's who, whose who's rattle is this really? Um, I kind of wanted to say there are folks of a, a wide variety of um, initiatory spirit initiatory experiences. That's where, that's where my allegiances lie.
4: Mm-hmm. My
5: allegiance is who are the folks who the spirits are killing to try to initiate them in an uninitiated culture, and they are winding up either homeless, on drugs, or in a mental institution, or committing suicide. And those folks might be spirit-initiated you know, initiated shamans, they might belong to the shaman class of persons, it might be more of an NDE thing. My kind of allegiance on a on – a, literally on a human rights level, mm. this is actually – the conversation for me is about human rights. On a human rights level, I'm trying to figure out who are the folks that the spirits are killing and what position is that putting those people in and – in a culture that says you no longer exist and they fall through the cracks
4: mm. yeah here, here.
5: and my call for the wider pagan community is to perhaps begin to try and recognize the signs of initiatory illness and initiatory spirit initiated experience is and because I know that when I was going through a lot of the things that I was going through, I was gaslit nearly to suicide um, by people from various traditions who had no idea what the fuck was going on, Um, and that was – and I was really saying grace, Um, and we can do better. But if someone, in front of, if someone is literally dying in front of you from spirit-initiated you know, illness or mental illness, and your thought is, no, you can't do that. I have to do that because I don't know who I am. I'm a, I'm a bored American. This is frustrating for me. <laughs> then you can't help anyone. It's a lot to chew on. <laughs>
2: I'm wondering, um, Kai, how's your view um, – well, it seems like uh, your 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 view on spirituality in general, and definitely on shamanism, uh, has been informed by your identity and your history, and of course your health. Um, I'm wondering, like, what is uh, does it all still fit in well in the unnamed path framework? Or I'm not, I don't really have a clear question I'm asking, but I'm wondering, like, how does this all tie back to your unnamed path um, work? you like in the day-to-day basis
5: that's a good question i i would say that um i've had a tense relationship with our tradition Mm. for many years uh i'm sure that some of that is due to grief around eddie that i have Mm. not yet processed still because i that's still a lot to process (laughs) Mm. Uh, some of it is I think that there are certain things that were built into our tradition from the get-go with Eddie's best intentions, but have some problematic colonialist, you know, those things are always systemic. Yes. Uh, There are some systemic issues in our tradition that um, probably biannually I return to a document and start trying to like feverishly point you know like type out like an asshole like one day i'll bring this to my brothers and i'll you know such a, you guys, whereas you guys are literally like teaching students you know and like creating divination systems like i how how you know like asshole critic can i be you know so it, it takes all it takes all types you know um <laughs> you guys are actually doing the work in the tradition um whereas i have not really been um very much in our tradition for a few years however um it's always on my mind, it's always on my heart, and I mm. often think about um, the experience, you know, I have had mind-blowing experiences with you all um, when we do come together with the ancestors of men who love men uh, that were, have been so formative for me. Um, I guess like everything else we're talking about, my relationship with this tradition is complicated.
3: mm but why can't it all why can't everything just be simple? I just want simple easy <laughs> no. answers. I don't want to think about things. What is this? What is this? I have to ponder the meaning of the universe, crap. You mean you're not just going to tell me what the hell is that even?
2: Screw that. I'll just buy a book. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <You know? laughs>
2: You know what's funny, oh. Kai? Like, I mean, like, just being a person of color in this uh, crazy neo-pagan world, I've always, like, kind of... Like, I, I, one of the main reasons that I really... Um, I mean, I was drawn to many paths, right? But then I was very... I was attracted to many paths. But one of the reasons that I really... Like, one of the check boxes that got checked for The Onion Path was this idea of, like, it being a revelatory tradition, you know? As opposed to, like... Oh, I, I mean, of course, Eddie was a very charismatic leader and I mean, his podcasts were like amazing and I never met him in person, but the way he spoke on the podcast, you know, um, you know, he's clearly like an amazing person with lots of information and very wise and in touch, right. In touch with spirit. Um, But I I love that. um, And this is something I really appreciated my teacher for It it. Whenever we had a question, it was always like, go ask the ancestors, go ask the gods themselves, see what they say, you know, so, I kind of like that um there's like room for that worked in to the into the path um and then I think that's what kind of gave me like the internal green light about pursuing it, even though I knew that you know for you know this uh the only path is um is working within a historical context as well right so like I knew that things might be problematic. Uh, the term shamanism might be problematic, and, like, I needed to approach that. Um, but just having that as a resource, our ancestors as a resource, and the gods as a resource, um, but also, I mean, honestly, Kai, I mean, the only path that I know would appreciate um, your critiques as well. I mean, as far as I know, you know, <laughs> you know? I think that, so, I mean, I know you're kind of I don't know. I mean, I think you're acknowledging that you've been away, uh, or kind of um, your spiritual path has been maybe veering away from it a little bit, which is fine. But then, if you, I feel like the great thing about the path that that I celebrate is that it's so um, it's still growing. You know, it's very much alive, and it's very much um, uh, voices being heard. I know I personally would love to hear those critiques, and I might not agree with you, and that's fine too, right?
5: Absolutely. I think part of it's also like to be in community is a conversation around. Mm. Trusting that it's about trust, you know, it's about trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is this is this is years ago when the unnamed path is actually still happening via email. Um, what was it, like an email group? I don't even remember. Like the Yahoo group. We yeah. all. Yeah, yeah,
4: Yahoo Yahoo.
5: This is like Yahoo group days. This is mm-hmm. Yahoo group days, and I forget what happened. I forget exactly what 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 sparked this. Um, at the time, I identified. Uh, somewhat marginally but I did identify as a a two-spirit, which is not a um, identity that I carry now, just because again, going back to the conversation of like, what's mine, what isn't uh, Mm. I am of indigenous American heritage, but um, I'm actually I actually identify more cisgender than I do uh, gender non-binary and my American Indian heritage identity is less important to me, or uh, you know, complications, right? But at the mm-hmm. time, strongly identified as, as foot, and I remember mentioning that for some reason, um, because at the time, there really was an issue around um, masculinism that I know really – I don't think is as present in the tradition now, but given Eddie's own uh, cisgender masculine gender identity, the tradition was – Kind of a gay male bear, gay, gay white bear tradition, you know, just based on Eddie, you know, just based on Eddie's, you know, who he is, fucking beautiful man in every fucking way, um, (laughs) who was already neo-pagan, you know, who was already neo-pagan and might be attracted to the tradition and and knew Eddie, you know what I'm saying? Just from access, just from access and contact. So Mm -hmm. there was already a lexicon of images and stories being built up from a small group of men. Around mm-hmm. who this tradition was for, you know, what our gods looked like, you know what I'm saying?
4: Mm-hmm. So here mm-hmm. I am,
5: mm-hmm. you know, black, you know, black queer boy in my early twenties, um, you know, a little chubby, you know, living in New York, and and um um, but definitely not, you know, bare weekend Cancun, and and also identifying as two spirit, and I remember saying that on well, Yahoo I remember this guy being like, "Why would you use that identity? Don't you realize we're creating a new culture?" I was floored. I was like, oh, shit, this tradition is about erasing things that actually exist. Okay, thanks. Like, not Mm -hmm. that. And and it wasn't Eddie who said that, and it wasn't, like, everyone just, like, jumped on the bandwagon, like, wait. But it just put me in the mindset of, okay, actually, Kai, what you bring to this as a human being isn't actually going to be valued. This is some um, bulldozed. And construct new shit place. So, what's really going on here as you interact with it? And that is something that this this was probably years ago, but it's something I've never forgotten because Mm. it, 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 that's actually something that only a certain kind of demographic of person can say.
3: Hmm. Mm, Problematic white bears being problematic.
5: (laughs) Being problematic, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or otters. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so i feel like we've kind of jumped into something that i hadn't written down in the notes is when eddie founded the unnamed path from the teachings he got from the ancestors of men who love men you know he was creating a new tradition i mean we say it's an emerging tradition and i will say i following eddie's passing i didn't see us really emerging a lot because yeah and no, no, no blaming or anything to the brothers, but they, you, the brothers were all grieving, mm-hmm. like they were grieving Eddie, and then right shortly after grieving Eddie, we were grieving Raven Moon, mm-hmm. and so a whole lot of emerging was not happening. But I feel like with, with a lot of the new brothers who are coming in, men who have never met Eddie or even Raven Moon, uh, they are not coming in with the grief that was going on at the time, and. Grieving never goes away. You grieve You grieve someone forever. It just gets easier over time. And there isn't as much of that overwhelming grief being passed on to everyone who is being initiated. And we're starting to really question a lot of things that you know, those problematic things that you were mentioning, Kai, like a lot of our, well, not a lot, a handful of our new initiated brothers uh, identify as genderqueer or non-binary. And, you know, we are we're we have some we have some more uh, people of color in our brotherhood now so what is that going to add to this emerging tradition because we I mean from what I understand when I joined we all bring something into this tradition and form something something new is supposed to come out of this knowledge that we are supposed to be bringing in
5: yeah I I really thank you for really like, pointing that out there was um and, and it's 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 significantly reduced, but you just named something for me, which was the era that we've all gone through collectively um, of this overwhelming grief, yeah. Um, And I can only imagine what that was like for teachers, those who were teaching the tradition during that Mm. time, that passing on of that overwhelming grief. I feel it as you sit, and that is so fucking real. I
1: mean, our brother... uh Eric was the first initiate after Eddie passed. He was initiated by Raven Moon, and I think he was Raven Moon's only tr- initiate <laughs> before he passed. I was initiated right after him by Chase. So mm-hmm. I think, but Eric, I think knew Eddie, so he also shared in that grief of his passing. And then when Raven Moon passed,
5: mm-hmm. yeah, then, and then Raven Moon passed. We, um, those, these were initiatory for us as an as a tradition. These losses.
4: Mm
3: hmm yeah they were Hmm. 10 of 10 do not recommend (laughs)
4: um (laughs) you're welcome um
3: but yeah no i mean in 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 all seriousness however um you know that was a really that was a really hard try that was a really hard time for a lot of us who did know eddie you know that was a lot that was a lot of there was a lot of wondering what do we do where do we go from here you know we we didn't really we didn't really know we didn't really know where we were going to go we didn't really know what we were going to do we didn't really know what everything was going to end up looking like um because you know how how do you recover from how do you recover from that you know yeah. how do you what do you where do you go from there
4: mm-hmm.
5: we become adults true becoming <laughs> we, become the, we become. You know, we become the elders that we so desperately that the tradition so desperately needs, and that we never had. Oh Mm -hmm.
2: God! (laughs) I feel like um, any you know, I this is part of my Catholic background coming in, but you know, there's lots of like sect or um, novitiates within Catholicism, right? And they have many of them, especially when they're newly found, they have very charismatic leaders. With a very fervent fire for the mission and what their inspiration is, and then draws in membership. And then often, um, something that I personally ponder in my own leadership roles is like you're you always have to think about like your succession, right? And what happens after you're gone. And then you know, I never had the pleasure of actually meeting Eddie, but you know, I think like to his credit, I think that he worked in things into the tradition to allow for its continue its continued growth and its its current state, you know? I think like this idea of like go to the ancestors yourself and get the answers yourself and bring it to your brothers is a huge reason why the, on the path is still here, you know? If it was contingent on like whatever Eddie said, like, you know, I can't imagine it would be where it is now, you know? And then even my experience as, a, as one of the most recent uh, initiates would be very different. It would be it wouldn't be about exploring it would be about like well here's the good word of eddie right <laughs> or this is what eddie said so therefore you know or there's like there's that impulse to try to preserve right things as they were uh especially when you have such a charismatic leader that's uh since passed. um so yeah so i don't know i just give a lesson to eddie so much for um creating a path that could grow beyond you, you know?
1: well you know something that popped in my head when you were just talking chris was eddie well Hi- eddie hyperion from what I'm told, often would say he did not want to be DFI. He mm-hmm. is just, he was the messenger of the ancestors, he was putting this out there, and he wanted us to form it as we got new information, as we, you know, shared new discoveries, uh, as we, you know, traveled to meet the ancestors' message with spirit, you know, as we were out in the world, we were supposed to create something from all this information, but he didn't want to be deified he from my understanding from co- talking to people he was you know very open to changing things mm.
4: you
1: know as long as you know the information like other people were having the same experiences you know nothing was supposed to be really set in stone mm. from my understanding but I kind of get the feeling that some people are kind of setting in stone it's becoming that uh shamanic uh what was it dogma that we were talking about earlier and we should actually m- start moving away from that and start reconstructing. I'm getting my words mixed up, but do you get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I do. No, I think that's beautiful. And I, I feel like it, sh- it shows foresight on uh, Eddie's part, you know? Yeah. And I feel blessed by it. So thank you so much, Eddie.
1: Kai, Chase,
2: whatever. are He certainly,
5: that? Um, he certainly um, Eddie came packing. Eddie came packing. <laughs> like, you don't just do that shit on the fly. Like, this nigga was born to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's mm. like the kind of shit that really excites me. Like, he came equipped to pull this off, and he pulled mm. it off in such a short fucking time. That's hot.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> here, here. True business. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have, you know, I really don't have a lot of extra thoughts to add to that process. Just because, like I said, for me, the the word that gets used isn't really as important to me as like having some kind of common ground. I mean, especially like as a teacher, I it's not that I don't care what the word is because I think it's a, it is important to figure out what we what we call it, what we call ourselves, what we do, how we do it. But also, it's not as earth-shatteringly important to have that word as it is to make sure that, like, we're doing the things and we're making sure that, you know, we're not leaving our people behind either.
5: Mm. Leaving our people behind is, like, my favorite phrase that I am going to carry forward. Thank you.
1: Mm. (laughs) Gosh, I, I don't know where else to go. I mean, literally, at the end of our notes, I put something that, you know, Chase it so perfectly that so when i think about this whole conversation about using the word shaman or shamanism i get the tap on the head saying this again just do the damn work call it whatever just do the damn work
5: and, and your work and the work that you have to do is different from everyone else's work too um yes you know it might it might be that that, that whether or not your use of the word is important um might not be for you for you um and for me, it's it's only the word is only interesting as for me as a certain kind of person does show up in my life a lot who is particularly vulnerable in certain kinds of spirit caused ways, um, and that's kind of what makes me look m- even more deeply beyond conversations of cultural appropriation at more of like a human rights conversation and uh, mm-hmm. a social welfare conversation. Um, but the vast majority of people. I'm not excited about them reading an article on whether or not I'm, using I'm excited about them talking to their ancestors and healing their shit. Mm.
3: Yes.
5: <laughs> Agreed.
3: Because that's doing something instead of just being an armchair occultist.
5: Yeah. And I love armchairs. I'm a Taurus. Um, <laughs> I love armchairs. Like- I, like- I like beds. I like a nice duet. Like a nice. <laughs> Lounge. Lazy Boy. Space Lounge, I call this. <laughs> <laughs> True business. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I must... Unfortunately, um, I must... Thank you guys so much for having me on.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Kai.
5: Um. I will talk to you all soon. This was really enriching and warm. I love you
1: guys. Thank you. We love you.
4: Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: You know, I really don't know where else to go with this conversation. Do y'all have any closing thought
3: mm, do your work yeah just, just do your work find out what your work is and do it like don't don't look to other people to tell you what your work is just do your work you know Chris. find 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 it out and work it out <laughs> i would agree i mean i i think the
2: conversation is important um you know but uh i agree this it's, i feel like the conversation is important but it's, it's pointless if you're not doing the work, and if you're not doing the work, then whatever you decide on calling yourself, it, you're not you're not whatever you're gonna call yourself because you're not doing the work, you know. <laughs> so I would agree 100%. Do the work, uh, but then you know I would say continue to ponder. <laughs> so a half armchair for me. <laughs> maybe put, maybe put your feet yeah. up on the armchair once in a while, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I have nothing else to add. You know, I feel like we covered a lot in this episode. Uh, yeah. You'll definitely you'll definitely have some people talking. I believe. Which, you yeah. Know, oh good. It'll probably you you know it'll probably make some people mad, and that's all right. You know, if you, if you're not if you're not making someone mad, you're not doing it. You're not doing a good job.
2: <laughs> and we also went on a beautiful tangent about our tradition itself, right? And about Eddie and the roots yes. of our tradition. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that part was beautiful. And I feel like, you know, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we were here for it, you know?
1: And, you know, I don't, yeah, it was a tangent, but it was still very much tied to our tradition because... Oh, absolutely. You know, Eddie, has, Ed, Eddie, Eddie has joined the ancestors of Men Who Love Men, Eddie yes. and Raven Moon. So, you know, we journeyed to speak with them, you know, we do shamanic journeys to go see them, to go talk with them. Whether or not they feel chatty is up to them at whatever
4: <laughs> moment.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. even though it was a tangent, it was a needed tangent because I think it still coincides with this topic of is shaman, shamanism, words that really go with our tradition. And actually, you know, I don't know, maybe yeah. in the years to come, when we ha- when there's more brothers or what or even with the brothers we have now, you know we will decide. You know, what, let you know we're an emerging tradition. Let's go ahead and change <laughs> some stuff. So yeah, you know, well, you know who, funny who knows Michael when that dude, would happen. Sorry, I feel like, like I'm like digging
2: back in a little bit, but like, I guess it's like we we spoke a lot and there's all these articles. I feel like really it's like um, one. There's a question of is it appropriate or not, right? And I guess that we've kind of talked ad nauseum, but then there's also the question of, is it accurate? You know, I feel like Kai brought this up a little mm-hmm. bit about a shaman is someone that actually has these wounds. Right. So I feel like that's something that maybe mm-hmm. um, we as um, brother initiates can really bite down and chew on, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, it being appropriate from a political standpoint or from a cultural appropriation standpoint, um, obviously there's a lot of politics and we could definitely discuss that. Uh, but maybe like what, we as brothers really need to think about is, is it actually an accurate description of what, of what we're doing? And, I mean, Kai didn't say as much, but he might suggest, from what he said, it seems like he would say maybe not, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, I don't know. So that's interesting, right? Something to consider.
1: Definitely that's, something to talk about. It's going to yeah. be a long conversation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, definitely something to bring to the ancestors too, right? Um I yes. would say.
1: And you know, just because I said you know it's going to be a longer conversation doesn't mean it's a conversation we shouldn't have, or we shouldn't have like right now. <laughs> uh, we we definitely need to start talking about stuff like this at, mm. if you know our tradition is going to continue to grow and continue to survive. Yes, so. yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. glad to have
2: the two of you on this uncomfortable journey together. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs>
1: I love you both. Let let stir some shit up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
4: Y- yes,
1: right. girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Uh, and you know, I ha- I don't have a song, so let's just go ahead and say bye. Uh, oh, you know, we do have like a actual closing uh, segment of the show that I could do. Uh, do it. We're we're so do glad you know decided to. I'm trying to. Doing <laughs> uh, now. You know, we want to say thank you. Oh my God. We want we want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show. Uh, you know, we hope you'll continue to walk this path with us. Uh, if you get a chance, well, we would like you to uh, please leave a rating or comment and let us know uh, how you like this episode or how you like the show in general. If you'd like to get in touch with uh, Chris or Chase or myself. Uh, you can email us at walkingtheunnamedpath at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at walking underscore the UP. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash walkingtheunnamedpath. Blessings, we love you, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.